What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Glory UGA Podcast. I'm Tyler, and I will be going at it solo just for the first part of today's Football Friday edition of the show. Curtis and I, we both had very busy schedules this week, and uh, despite trying our best, we could not quite get our respective windows for recording the show to completely align. We have about 20 to 25 minutes where uh, our recording windows do overlap, so I will be bringing Curtis in for the second half of today's episode. And, and on today's show, with the number one ranked 2018 class in the bag, we are going to take an early look at the 2019 recruiting cycle. 2018 was incredible, we know that. But in the world of recruiting, you always have to be looking ahead. So that's our goal today. Obviously, uh, we are still in the very, very early stages of piecing the 2019 class together. But we are already off to, I mean, I'd call it a stellar start right now as we currently sit with a number two ranked class in the nation with only seven commits. Uh, And three of those seven commits are ranked inside the top 11. So insanely early at this point, the rankings don't really matter all that much at this point. But it does give you a a nice indication of where we sit early on this process because this certainly was not the case in the 2018 class. This time last year, it didn't look so great. Really into the summer, it didn't look so great. And then, of course... We have a great season on the field. We're able to put together, ultimately, uh, a truly elite class. Perhaps the greatest recruiting class in, in the modern era. Perhaps. Uh, but first, before we get into all that, I do just want to throw a quick a couple reminders at you guys out there. You can follow us on Twitter, at Glory underscore UGA. Definitely love to get your thoughts on today's show. Um, if Whether you agree or disagree with our evaluations of some of these prospects and the names that we're looking at to highlight. Um, you can also... Find our show on a, on a bunch of different podcasting platforms out there. want to make sure everyone knows, of course, you can find us on dogsportsradio.com. Uh, that's probably the first place to look. And you can also download the Dog Sports Radio app straight to your smartphone if that works a little better for you guys while you're riding the car, running, working out, whatever it might be. I also know a lot of you guys prefer iTunes and SoundCloud. So you can find us there. You can also find us on the Stitcher and TuneIn apps as well if that works a little better for you. So hopefully you can find us somewhere out there that works for you. Uh, and if you get a chance, it'd be fantastic if you guys could take just a moment or two to rate and review the show on your preferred platform, especially iTunes. iTunes is really easy to kind of just, you know, rate the show, put a little quick review in there. But there's also a bunch of other platforms that you can review us on. We would sincerely appreciate that and also want to thank everyone who's already taken the time to do that. It really does help us kind of uh, just enhance our exposure and, and get our name out there and kind of just spread the word about the show. So if you like the show, be awesome just to kind of let people out there know what you like about it. Uh, so thanks in advance there. But let's go ahead and get into the content of today's show. And what I'm going to do here while I'm going solo is I'm going to start off by giving you my evaluation of the seven guys we currently have on our commit list. And then after that, uh, Curtis should be ready to go in about 15, 20 minutes here. And I will bring him in to help me highlight some of the key uncommitted prospects to keep an eye on in this 2019 cycle. Uh, And with these seven recruits that are currently on our commit list, I'm going to start at the top here with Jaden Hazelwood, who's a wide receiver, 6'3", 187 at Cedar Grove High School here in Georgia. He's currently ranked number two nationally overall, not just at the position, but overall. Of course, he's the number one wide receiver in the country. Uh, He's incredibly long, as you can see there with his his measurable, 6'3", 187. Not quite a clone of A.J. Green, not quite the height and length of A.J., but not too far away from that either. Uh, Probably the closest to that we've, uh, well, maybe I should stay close to that. We've also got guys like Matt Landers on the roster right now and Tommy Bush coming in. But Hazelwood certainly has the skill set that A.J. Green had coming to high school. Maybe not quite the length, but the skill set is certainly there. He is long. Uh, He's got outstanding ball skills. One thing that really stands out to me is 
His ability to control his body, contort his body in the air, that body control is truly elite. And so it's the combination of those elite ball skills and elite body control that allows him to just win balls consistently at the top of the route. And guys like that are so valuable. Think about Mike Williams, a guy at Clemson a couple years back. Really, Deshaun Watson, Deshaun Watson was great, but if he could throw the ball anywhere in the vicinity of Mike Williams, Williams is going to be getting that football. You saw him do it time after time in the National Championship game a couple years back against Alabama. Jaden Hazelwood certainly has that type of skill set. He's not quite as thick as Mike Williams at this point, but he certainly has a, a similar skill set in terms of his ball skills, his ability to control and contort his body in air, and just snatching the ball out of the air. Just those fierce, strong hands that really kind of separate good receivers from great receivers that can go up and get the ball in the air and win those battles at the top of the route. One thing that also really stands out to me, not just the ball skills, not just the body control, those are outstanding, but he is an incredibly advanced route runner at this stage in his career. Not to say he can't get better, not to say he can't improve that, he certainly can. But if you look at the average, even even most good wide receivers in high school, really uh, top-of-the-line blue-chip type guys, compared Jaden Hazelwood to those guys, and it's night and day. His ability to run crisp routes is, is incredibly advanced at this stage in his career. He he has the speed and the athleticism to create separation just by blowing past DBs, but his ability to create separation through his his route running ability is second to none. It truly isn't. So this guy, I don't like to put the, the, the label of can't-miss prospects on anybody because I don't know if I truly believe that there are can't-miss prospects because you just don't know how guys are going to, you know, the, the, their mental makeup, their personality makeup, how are they going to adjust to to being away from home or being in the college setting, uh, academically, things of that nature. It's just really hard to truly gauge that. Uh, but, man, I'd say Jaden Hazelwood is probably as close as it gets to a can't-miss prospect at the wide receiver position. I, again, I don't know if I truly go all that way to say there are can't-miss prospects, but if there are, he's about as close as you get there. Uh, and one of the reasons I also say that is – this is a guy that has dominated, dominated every single camp setting he's ever been in. And that, that includes, of course, just your run in the middle, you know, Nike uh, opening camps here, regional camps, uh, Under Armour camps, Adidas camps, things like that. But also some of the elite invitation-only type camps. He was at the Rivals 100 last year as an underclassman. He was invited as an underclassman. There's very few of those uh, sent out every year, those invitations. Uh, but he was one of those underclassmen that was invited. And against the, 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 the rising senior, he was a rising junior against the rising seniors, he flat out dominated. I was not there, so I can't speak from personal experience seeing him, but every report that I heard was just screaming about how good Hazelwood was and how elite he looked as a prospect. So when you add all that together, his, his measurables, the length, ball skills, body control, the ability to snatch the ball in the air and win the top of the route, his smooth, crisp, advanced route running at this stage, his domination against top-level competition at every camp setting he's been at, that, that's why I say this guy screams as close as you can get to being a can't-miss prospect, especially at the wide receiver position. So truly thrilled that he's on the commit list, and I certainly hope that we can maintain him throughout this entire cycle. So you know teams aren't going to give up on him. He's, he said that he's, gonna, he, he, he's not going to completely uh, just shut down his visits. He'll probably take some visits, but uh, I trust Kirby Company to, to hold on to him because we definitely need to. Uh, the next guy on the commit list here, just behind Hazelwood, not too far down the list, is Nolan Smith, a defensive. Uh, I don't know, right now he's just as an outside linebacker, could potentially grow into a defensive end. But he'll probably be a pass rusher more than anything at the next level. Uh, he's 6'3, 232, and he's the number five uh, ranked player nationally overall in the 247 composite ratings. Nolan Smith is a flat out beast. 
Capital B, capital E, capital A, capital S, capital T. He is a beast. He's got the, that just kind of that unique and just truly lethal combination of explosiveness off the edge, rushing the passer, and just true power. Uh, playing the run, bull rushing guys. When you see guys like that that have the explosiveness and the power to go along with it, that's when you truly have an elite player. You know, you've got guys like Leonard Floyd who have explosiveness, but never, didn't really necessarily have the power to hold up against the run, setting the edge, um, kind of rushing through defenders, or, or, or I'm sorry, uh, opposing blockers. But Nolan Smith, he has that explosion off the ball, that first step quickness, but also the power to go along with it. And when you see that kind of, that kind of combination of pass rusher, to me, that screams game-changing talent up front. Uh, like a Justin Houston type guy. He's got that that ability off the edge to be explosive rushing the passer. We can also do everything required that playing the run requires uh, up there on the line of scrimmage. So to me, this guy is a definite 100% game-changing type talent up front. I love Britton Cox. I love Adam Anderson. I think Nolan Smith, I think if you took Adam Anderson, you took Britton Cox, and you merge those two guys together. You take the explosiveness of Adam Anderson and the power. And not to say that Brent Cox doesn't have explosives. He, he does have good first-step quickness. Uh, but he certainly uh, is not as quick as, I would say, Adam Anderson is. So, But if you put in Brenton Cox, take Adam Anderson, merge those guys together, and you have Nolan Smith, which is just horribly horribly scary for, other, for opposing teams to have to think about. There's no doubt. He's a guy that, uh, for a while last year, before the season— there was some serious doubt as to whether he would stick with his commitment. It looked like he was free with Clemson. Uh, Xavier Thomas, a teammate at IMG Academy in Braden, Florida, basically a football factory there, which is where uh, Nolan Smith goes currently right now. Uh, but uh, there was some talk that he might decommit from Georgia and end up at Clemson. Even if you look at his Twitter account, he had taken UGA commit off a couple times. Uh, didn't add anything else to it. Didn't say you know Clemson commit or anything like that. But there was certainly some some smoke there. Ultimately, Kirby and company were able to keep him from doing that and keep him on the commit list. And then I think with the season that we had, that kind of just cemented our status with him. And uh, right now he is firmly, at least as far as we know, he is firmly committed unless there's hope to God it stays that way. Because he, along with Hazelwood, is just a truly elite prospect. Another guy that's, I don't know if I'm going to say can't miss, but about as close as you can get to it. Uh, Then the next guy up on the commit list is another uh, five-star prospect. This guy, Dominic Blaylock, also wide receiver, uh, is the number 11 prospect overall nationally according to the 247 composite. He's also the number three wide receiver. So right now we currently have the number one and number three wide receivers in the country committed. Uh, You think Jay Fromm and Justin Fields could like throwing those guys? No doubt about it. Uh, Blaylock, though, his game is a little bit different than Jaden Hazelwood. He's not the the big, tall dude uh, with great length. He's he's more of a, 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 a he's a smaller size guy, six foot one seventy five, more of a slot type receiver in my opinion. He really doesn't blow you away with measure, with measurables. Uh, he's a very very smooth athlete. He does have speed. Don't get me wrong. He's deceptively fast. I don't know if he's necessarily a true burner. Um, he reminds me a lot of Terry Gall. I think Terry's a little bit taller than Blaylock coming out of high school. His body looks a little bit differently. But I, I do see, see some similarities in the fact that they're both very smooth athletes. They're both fast, but not necessarily like burners. Uh, and they both create separation with really good route running. So that's a similarity that Blaylock does have with with um, Hazelwood at this point is that, like Hazelwood, Blaylock is an advanced route runner for his, his for this stage in his career. He does a great job creating separation uh, with his ability to kind of plant and cut and explode out of in and out of cuts. Uh, he also has the ability, of course, to blow by guys. You seem to do that plenty of times at the high school level. 
Uh, he's just a really overall, if there's one word that I would use to describe him, is dependable. He's a guy that's going to get open consistently, and he's going to make plays when they present themselves. I I personally think he's more of a threat in the slot, not to say that he cannot play outside. Just Again, kind of like Terry Godwin. Godwin can play outside. Uh, he can do it, but I think Terry is much more of a threat on the uh, inside in the slot. I think that's where he uses quickness, his route running ability, uh, some of those option routes to create separation and, and really just be a thorn in the side of, of opposing defenses. I think that's more Blaylock's game. He could play outside in a pinch if we needed him to, but I think he's certainly much more dangerous in the slot. I think that's ultimately where we'll probably see him play the majority of his snaps during his career. But outstanding player, another guy that I'm thrilled to have on the list. So right now i got three five-stars there. And then we've got Jalen Perry from Decula High School in Gwinnett County. Uh, he is a DB61175. He's the number 123 prospect in the nation, according to the 247 composite, the number 10 cornerback in the country. Uh, I'll say this about Jalen Perry. I'm really excited to have him. Uh, there's no doubt about it. But I will say he doesn't blow me away when I watch him. Uh, he's, he's, I see a really good, solid player. But I don't see a guy that screams like superstar, like truly elite prospect. And, and his rating kind of reflects that. Number 123, that's not necessarily the guy's going to be a superstar, or at least that's not how the recruiting rankings see him. He reminds me a lot of Chris Smith, the guy that we signed in the 2018 class. Uh, so and what I mean by that is, again, just a, a, a really good, solid player, very good all-around player, but not necessarily like the fastest guy on the field, not necessarily the biggest guy on the field, the quickest guy on the field. Uh, he also plays a lot of offense. He's kind of a jack-of-all-trades them, them offensively, catches balls, uh, takes handoffs uh, out, of, out of kind of the running back position, does a speed sweep kind of thing. They try to get the ball in his hands. He's the best athlete on his team, of course, and what you usually see in high school is they try to get the coach to try to get the best the ball in the hands of the best athlete on the team as much as they possibly can. So he plays a lot of offense for them. He does play DB, plays cornerback, um, and he, he, he definitely has the tools to be a good cornerback. But I do think he's a little raw at that position and needs some development when he gets to college there. And I have faith in Kirby and Mel Tucker to, to definitely develop him as a player because he does have the tools. But I don't know if he's an instant impact type player in the defensive backfield at this point. Now, maybe he takes a huge jump in his senior year. certainly possible. But uh, I don't know if he's quite ready for that yet. Uh, next guy up here uh, on the commit list is tight end Ryland. I'm gonna, I always have trouble with the last name here. I'm going to go Goad. So what I'm, I'm probably completely wrong there. Forgive me if I am, but that's what I'm going to go with. Good go, something along those lines. Big tight end, 6'7", 235. He's a, he is a two-sport guy. He's also come out and said that he's going he's gonna to try to play baseball at Georgia too. Uh, so he's talked with uh, the baseball coaching staff, Scott Strickland there. Kirby's on board with it. Baseball coaches are on board with it. So it looks like he's going to be a two-sport star. At least that's the plan right now. He's number 162 prospect nationally, according to the 247 composite. Also the number six tight end in the country. So great prospect here. Um, also really good friends with, uh, actually, I mean, I'm childhood best friends with Dominic Blaylock, who's also on the commit list, and the guy I'm going to talk about next, linebacker J.D. Bertram out of Blessed Trinity. So these guys, kind of a trio of childhood best friends. Uh, he committed after Bertrand and Blaylock. He committed on signing day 2018, the February signing period. But uh, even though it took a little longer, he felt like this guy was destined to be a dog in the long run anyway. Uh, now, if you watch him on tape, this is a guy, I'll be honest, I have not seen him live. Uh, so I haven't seen him actually catch passes in person. But when you look at his highlights, a lot of his highlights are him blocking. And usually what that tells you is that that's just the offensive scheme. He plays at Kennesaw Mountain High School. Uh, and he, he, now he's great at that. He's very good in that role as a blocker. But you just don't see him actually run out for a lot of passes. Uh, when he does, though, when, you see, when he does go out, you see athleticism, great athleticism for his size. Obviously, he has a great frame. Uses his body well to wall off defenders. Uh, I think he could definitely improve his route running. That's just really uh, 
due to the fact that he doesn't run that many routes in game settings. So he needs to improve. There are a lot of tight ends at the high school level when you do that, so he's not necessarily alone there. Uh, so he just doesn't get as many opportunities to actually run routes. So I think that's something he could probably be um, looking to improve as he enters college. But I will say this. Uh, you know, usually it's the blocking that players have to kind of work on. Like, look at Charlie Warner. He had to really work on his ability to block to get on the field his first couple of years because he wasn't used to that. He played running back, played receiver, played safety, played all over the field for his, deep, for his team. Didn't really play much tight end. Didn't actually do much inline blocking. Go, Go can already do that. Ryland does that very, very well. So that's not going to be much of a learning curve for him. The learning curve for him will be more on the receiving side of the equation, which usually is that's that's not as difficult to kind of grasp because guys can, you know, a guy that has his frame, has his athleticism, has, has the hands that he's shown on tape when he does actually run out for routes, he can pick up that pretty easily. Usually the blocking, it takes a little bit longer, and he already does that very well. So definitely excited to have Ryland on the commit list. And then uh, the third of the uh, childhood best friends here, J.D. Bertrand at Blessed Trinity High School. He's a linebacking prospect. He's 6'1", 215, the number 201 prospect nationally, 247 composite, number 13 uh, inside linebacker in the country. I absolutely love this guy. He's he's one of those guys that's totally flying on the radar. Nobody really likes to talk much about him. I talk about some of the guys that are uncommitted like Owen Popo and Tresman Marshall, which understandably so, and those guys. Those guys are, are legit prospects. But Bertrand, man, this guy, I love him. And I think I think we're kind of overlooking him right now. Uh, he's one of those guys that's just a true linebacker. He has a nose for the football. I know that's a cliche, but it doesn't make it any less true. Uh, as an old linebacker and linebacking coach myself, uh, I love watching linebackers that tr- uh, that truly attack downhill. And he does that exceptionally well. He's not one of those linebackers that waits for the ball carry to get to him. He attacks. He attacks downhill, and he brings the wood. Uh, he, one of the things that really stands out to me, maybe what I love most about his game, is he has lightning quick read and react time. Which to me, that just tells me that he puts in the work in the film room and has a very high football IQ. He's one of those guys that definitely could be a leader on the team at some point in his career. He's a very solid tackler. He doesn't necessarily always blow people up all the time, but when he hits guys, they go down because he is, he tackles with very good form. Um, he's very he's not like Roquan Smith athletic, but he's got very good athleticism for this stage in his career. Uh, does he does a great job doing all the little things it takes to be good at that position? Does a great job using his hands to defeat blocks. All the, these are things that most high school linebackers don't really do because they're just that much bigger, more athletic than than their than their uh, uh, competition. So he does a great job using his hands to defeat blocks. Scrapes really well across the line. All those little things he does very very very, very well. Dip and rip. All those things you got to do to be a be a truly elite linebacker. Bertrand does in spades. And then the last guy on the commit list. I honestly at this point don't know exactly what to think about him, and that's Luke Griffin. He was the first guy to commit, if my memory serves me correctly, to this 2019 class. Uh, he's an offensive tackle, 6'5", 275. Right now he's number 342 prospect nationally, and that is kind of misleading. He was one of those guys coming off his out of his sophomore year, I think actually right when, around when he committed, that was seen as a big-time prospect uh, when the 2019 cycle rolled around. He might be one of those top 50-type prospects. But he was hurt all of last year. Don't quote me on this, but I believe it was an ACL. I think it definitely was a lower extremity issue. And he missed all of last year. So that definitely set him back. And that's kind of, you know, his, his ranking kind of reflects that. Uh, I think his potential is certainly much higher than the number 342 player nationally. But you, you just never know with some of these linemen coming off injuries like that. How serious was the injury? How What kind of rehab help did he get? You just don't know the answer to those questions. So, um Right now, he's definitely on the commit list. We'll see how it plays out. Uh, I certainly hope the young man gets healthy. Uh, a guy that's, I think, 
from what I understand, was a lifelong Georgia fan. Always wanted to be a dog, and he's got the he's gotten that opportunity. So I really, really sincerely hope that he that he really recovers well from the injury here and can be uh, a guy that, that contributes for us down the road at some point in his career. But I don't have much in the way of evaluation because he was hurt all of last year, so I haven't really seen all that much of him recently because no one's seen all that much of him recently. All right, guys, so that does it for the first seven commits in this 2017 class. Just a quick evaluation of, uh, of how I see these guys right now. I'm definitely glad to have all of them. But there are also many uncommitted prospects out there on the list, and there's too many to mention. I cannot mention all of them. Curtis cannot mention all of them. I'm actually bringing, him, bringing Curtis in here in just a second. So I want to make sure we put that disclaimer out there. We're not going to touch on every single target we're after, but we're going to try to highlight some of the bigger names that you definitely want to be paying attention to. And these are guys that we feel like we have a chance with. I mean, not There are other guys that we've offered these positions, but we want to kind of highlight some guys that we think we have a legitimate chance. Not saying we're 100% going to land these guys, but we're in the thick of things for these guys and have been mentioned heavily with them. We're targeting them heavily, uh, and they've definitely been uh, on the recruiting scene for a while here. So I'm going to go ahead and bring Curtis in here to the show. Curtis, welcome in, my friend. And we're just going to go ahead and get right into it. Kurt, who are some of the top uncommitted prospects in the 2019 cycle that all of us out there need to be paying close attention to? Um, I think I have five, and my first one is Trayvon Walker, uh, DN, mm. D-line type. Uh, you know, he's more of the outside linebacker, DN type role yep. of Dwayne Cox, too. But, yeah, he's definitely my number one. I mean, he, I mean, he's not he's not to the level of Nolan Smith, but he's not far behind. Yeah, so if you guys aren't familiar with Trayvon Walker, he's a defensive, t- defensive tackle, defensive line prospect. I'm not sure where he's going to fit. Because right now, he's listed uh, as 6'4", 255, He's number 32 overall nationally, number three defensive tackle in the country right now. Uh, do you Where do you see him fitting? Is he going to be a three-tech? Is he going to grow into that? Because right now he's only a junior. Is he going to put on enough weight to be a three-tech, or is he going to be more like a John at, uh, John Ledbetter type guy? I mean, he's a Ledbetter guy that's big. And, I mean, he, the thing is, you look at him, he's very athletic. I mean, he plays basketball. He's very. He's got good, great – I think he's got very good footwork. Yeah. So that's why I could see him being more of a Ledbetter. I mean, he's like these Alabama type guys that are 270, 280, but can – can still move really well for that size. Yeah, I mean, he's he's a really good player. He's out of Upson Lee High School. I mean, he's the, the thing about him that I really, really appreciate and uh, I really like about him is that he's kind of got that combination of power and athleticism. Like kind of what we talked about earlier uh, in the show when we were talking about Nolan Smith. Just absolutely explosive and also powerful at the same time. And that is a lethal combination. So, when you have a guy like that, you, you, especially an in-state guy, you, you got to wrap these guys up. Uh, it, I, and I also like his versatility. I, I think that you're kind of talking about this, but I think in a in a in an odd front, like a three-man front, he's likely a five-tech there, like John the Ledbetter. But I also think in a in an even-man front, he could play a a Davin Bellamy type role at times. Could you see him doing that? Oh, I could also see him doing if we're going to a passing situation, moving him to the, over the center like he sure, did sometimes when sure. we did with Trent Thompson. Absolutely, he has that versatility, and and that's so valuable at that position. Yeah, I mean, he's just one of these guys. I mean, he's ranked. It's not like he's not ranked high. He is ranked really high, but he can just do so many different things. That, I mean, he's someone that you want because. He'll get on the field somewhere, somehow. Yeah, so Javon Walker, defensive, defensive line, we'll call him a defensive line prospect out of Upson Lee High School here in Georgia. So definitely a name to put on your watch list here. Okay, who do you have next? Um, next, I have Noah Kane at running back. Okay, now interesting. This is a guy, uh, if you guys aren't familiar with Noah Kane, he was a guy that, you know, as he was uh, during his sophomore year, 
he was a guy that we were that we were high on. He was really high on us. We were definitely going after him. And I always said all along that if we did not get Zeus, Zamir White out of North Carolina, that we were going to land Noah Kane. And Noah Kane kind of once we landed Zeus, he kind of backed off because you know obviously there's not much class separation there. Uh, and he he been kind of open about that. He's like you know if, if Georgia lands like one of these top elite running backs in the 2018 class, I might be looking elsewhere. But this is a guy, he's now at IMG. I think he was originally out of Texas, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I think out of Texas. Yeah, he was originally out of Texas, now at IMG at the football factory there in Bradenton, Florida. Uh, what, do you, what do you see in his game that makes him a guy that you think we need to be looking out for? Well, I mean, to me, the top two running backs are him or Crouch. And in, in all honesty, I don't see Crouch as um, – I mean, he's like the Derrick Henry body type right now, but to me, he's so, he's so close to being – too big to play running back. Um, and that's why I go with Noah Kane. Noah Kane's more of these, uh, you know, he's more of what we want. He's more closer to a, uh, to Zeus. And, and I think that's what he did. He fits our system better. I think his, his versatility is a little bit better than, I just think that he does. Yeah, right now, Noah Kane uh, is, they have him listed at 5'11, 207. And I don't know how recent those updates are. I mean, he's similar to a, if you want to put someone on our roster they similar to you could say Swift maybe a little taller than Swift but similar body type he definitely fits the style I mean he, he fits the, the zoo style he, he's very similar to him as well I think uh, so I, I really like Noah Kane the guy's a, he's a stud uh, and right now um, pull up Noah Kane's ratings 20 no he's number 31 nationally right now uh, so I'm really high on him and I think he's a guy that that if we end up landing, dude, that guy he's going to be an elite player. I also I like to have, Smith, or to have Smith in his ear. Oh sure, that's not also at IMG. Ironically enough, that I really like at the running back position is Trey Sanders. Uh, he's number six nationally overall. I don't and I I don't know how much interest he has in our program right now. So I'm Actually, with you. I think we have a better chance. Yeah, I would definitely go. I think we're going to be in it with Kane. Throughout the the next couple months, more so than we are Trey Sanders. I don't know Trey Sanders. I'm not saying it's unrealistic. I mean, we could you know we can sign anyone may, I mean, if they have interest. But right now, we've heard Noah Kane has some serious interest uh, in our program. So Trey Sanders um, haven't heard as much of George, but I think there's certainly a shot there. Just in the running back position, honestly, for me, I, we're probably only going to take one. I don't know who that guy's going to be. I don't really know of all these guys, whether it's Quavarius Crouch, Noah Kane, Trey Sanders. Uh, I don't know which guy that we were really targeting as our number one guy, or if we even have yeah, number one guy. To feel them out. I mean, the thing yeah, is, it really like, hasn't emerged guys yet. Talk about class separation. If you go to any of the top schools, there's not going to be that much class separation because they recruit at high levels at that position. Sure, absolutely. And, I mean, it's just it's just a different scenario than last year. Because last year, we pretty much from the get go, as soon as cycle kind of began, I mean, we knew Zeus was our number one target. Right? Yeah, we always knew we wanted Zeus. Yeah, we. I mean, that's been for a couple of years. We knew that that guy was our number one target of that position. In fact, when Rick left, because Rick, the Rick staff, give them some credit, had done some good legwork with him, and I was afraid once he, once they left, like, oh, man, we might be out with him. But Kirby and company did a really good job of kind of uh, of sealing that deal, obviously. So uh, you know, I. It's a little bit of a different scenario because we don't know who's that one guy that our coaching staff is really, really hungry after and targeting right now. It could be any of those guys. Maybe it's all of them. Maybe they're all on equal footing with the coaches and they're waiting for one of those guys to separate themselves. Perhaps Noah Kane uh, is going to be on campus this weekend. First time since last summer. Uh, he was here last last March as well. So he's been on campus a couple times. So it's going to be big to get him on campus again this weekend. So hopefully we can kind of... Um, I we're not certainly not going to seal the deal. We've got a long way to go for that, but maybe uh, make up some ground. Yeah, make up some ground and kind of get back in, into the thick of things here with Kane. So good, good call there. Definitely need to watch out for him. Who else you got on your list? Um, 
next, I'm going with the uh, I'm going offensive line. I think like this is where um, you know we have Griffin, but I think if I'm going to pick someone right at Chris, yeah, yeah, out of Grayson, that's definitely that guy. Um, I think he's gotten the size and everything. Um, you know, especially in these new rankings that came out. If you're looking at rivals, he's pretty high up there. Yeah, he's number forty overall in the two four seven composite. So he's high up there regardless, anywhere you look. And you're right, the size, he's got he's got the size and length. He's 6'5", 268, but do you think he has the frame to put on enough weight? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, what kind of, what, what kind of, so describe for everyone out there, what kind of, play, what kind of offensive tackle is he? Is he more of a, is he more of a mauling type offensive tackle? Yeah, to, say, to me, he's more of a mauler. Yeah, I, see, I don't know what, like for me, when I look at him, I don't, I clearly see the potential, and I see why he's ranked so high. You just don't see, build bodies like that. Is he could just be coached up. I mean, with, that's what he needs. Everything we've got on our roster right now, you're not. I, it's gonna be hard to get an immediate P, a PT guy. Sure, sure. Just as simple as it is. Yeah, I mean, um, he's a guy that you you redshirt, you wait a couple years, and he could be a beast. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, I think you can develop him. Um, but the question is, does he want to do that? That's the question. Well, yeah, it is. And I think that's a huge question. The thing is, we're already, we're going to be spending a lot of time in Grayson because my next guy is his teammate. Yeah, I'm guessing um, Owen Popo. I, I think we're going to spend a lot of time in Gwinnett in general because there's a lot of big There's a lot of big-time guys in this class in Gwinnett. I mean, there's always big-time players in Gwinnett, but this year the in particular. Guys, I think we actually have chances, and they're all very close to each other. So, yeah. um, you know, I mean, I don't know if it's realistic, but if I had to pick someone, that's probably who I'd be going at. Okay. Yeah, wait, I mean, he's definitely a guy to watch out also, for. I mean, you have my other person for the offense line would have been Warren McClendon, but I, to me, it's just so. It's, I just don't know how much Morris is a better prospect at this stage. Yeah, he is, and at the same time, I don't know how to how much stock to put into the fact that McClendon's uh, is it his uncle? Is Brian his uncle? Yes, it, it, there's some relation there. I don't exactly honestly, I don't know exactly yeah, what it is, but there's a relation. Stock to put in the fact that he has a relative that coaches at South Carolina. Yeah, but he also then but Brian's dad played at George, so they're in in Brian played there. So I don't, I mean, there's you don't know what way that's going to go. You just don't know. He's out of Brunswick. Um, yeah, and I had McClendon on my list too. I had a bunch of guys here. I, I had three offensive linemen. Um, they're all listed as tackles. Morris I, is is the one that I had listed the highest. Uh, he's like I said. He, I, I think he has outstanding frame. He has outstanding potential. I, I think he's a little bit away from a developmental standpoint of being a contributor. I know he's still only a, a, he's a rising senior, so he's got time. But one thing I see when I watch him, he doesn't always use his hands well, and that's critical for an offensive lineman. His footwork can be sloppy at times. It's it's just inconsistent. Sometimes the kick the kick set is really good. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes he uses his hands. Sometimes he just doesn't even use them at all. He just kind of like bellies people. But he honestly, a lot of the time, he just relies on being bigger and more athletic than people. Do you see that in him? Yeah. At this I stage, think those high school kids do. Let's yeah, especially when you're just you're that much bigger and that much more athletic than everybody you're going against. Yeah, that that makes sense. Why do you need to work hard and and develop those skills? That's what college is for, right? Uh, but he's got the length. He's everything you want. He's just got to clean it up. And that's hey, when you got Sam Pittman coaching offensive line. I, I have faith in him to clean that up. Uh, you mentioned Warren McClendon. He was on my list as well. He's he's also six five, a little bit bigger right now. He's at two ninety. Uh, he's number two thirty five overall nationally. I think he's a little bit more of a project than uh, definitely more of a project than uh, Morris's. Oh, the other guy I have on my list was Harry Miller out of Buford, by the way. Uh, he's more of a project than both those guys at this point. The potential is clearly there. He's got the athleticism. He's got the frame. He's got the length. But this dude's got he's got a ways to go in terms of being a, a, a major contributor at the college level on the offensive line. And, I, and I'm not saying he can't do. it. I actually think the guy can do it. He's just gonna he probably need a little bit of time. Probably need a little time. 
Another guy, I just mentioned him, the other offensive lineman I was looking at that I think is a name you might want to be looking out for is another Gwinnett County pros, uh, prospect and Harry Miller out of Buford High School, uh, another yeah. essential football factory there. He's he's listed as an offensive tackle, and he plays left tackle pretty much uh, most of the time for Buford. He also plays defensive tackle, but he plays left tackle and offensive line for the majority of the time. He's 6'4", 310, so he's bigger right now in terms of just filling out the frame. He's number 63 overall nationally, number 11 rated offensive tackle according to 247 composite. Have you seen this guy play much? Not too much. I watched him play a couple times. Uh, especially in the playoffs this year. Uh, he's a beast, man. Talk about a mauler. <laughs> this guy plays with what I would, I, I would, I would, can only categorize it as, except he is a flat-out beast. You want, you want to find pancakes? You want to see pancakes? You like that kind of thing? Turn on Harry Miller's junior, his junior highlights, dude, and you'll, you'll see plenty of those. I mean, he's a very good technical blocker, drives his feet on contact, and drives people into the ground, and like, like beneath the ground, like six feet under into the ground. Like, this guy is an absolute beast. But saying that, he does not have ideal offensive tackle length. He doesn't. No, he, I mean, he, he's, he's looking like a guard. He, th- that's what I'm, I mean, honestly, I know he's listed as offensive tackle. I think long-term, I'm with you. I think he's probably more of a guard long-term. Uh, like, kind of like a Ben Cleveland. He's not as tall as Ben, but, and he got, and he's not quite, obviously he's not as big as Ben. But I think he's a guard long-term. I, I don't know if he has the length and, and the footwork necessarily. And he's a good athlete. Don't be wrong, he is. But I don't, and he could play tackle. I just think he'd be better at guard. You know, that's kind of how I see him. I, and, but I will say this for Miller. One more thing about Miller: of those three offensive linemen I mentioned, he's the most polished player right now. Definitely. Which, yeah, and that makes sense if you can if you factor in where he plays. Playing at Buford, which is, I mean, let's be real, guys, it's a football factory. That's what it is. Uh, didn't have the, the year they normally have this past year, but he's he's definitely the most polished player of those three. I just don't know if he has the the upside at tackle of the other guys. That's all I would say there. All right, so you were kind of teasing a second ago. You were going to talk about one of Morris's teammates at Grayson. Well, I'm guessing it's Owen Popo. Yeah, definitely at the other at the uh, linebacker. I mean, he's as good as you know. Like we talked well about J.D. Bertrand. Uh, Popo is just uh, he's more of you know what we're going for at the inside linebacker position, closer to a mold of a Roquan esque type person. He, he does remind me a lot of Roquan coming out of high school. Roquan, I don't know if you guys remember, he, as, a, as a recruit at a, a making County, he was really – he was on the smaller side. Yeah, he, yeah, he was, he he was he lighting was the bridges. He was at all. No, he was lighting the bridges. He played, a lot of, he, he played a lot of offense there too. I mean, in some of those smaller schools, you see that a lot. Uh, he wasn't a polish. He wasn't a finished product. That's why, it took him, that's why it took him a couple of years to become the Roquan Smith we knew this year, knew and loved this year. Um, and he showed a little bit of that his sophomore year as well. But Owen Popo plays, obviously, in the highest classification in Georgia, plays in Gwinnett County, you know, those Gwinnett County prospects. And he's a guy that's been on everyone's radar since, like, 8th grade, ninth grade? Yeah, I mean, Forever. I, remember, yeah, I think he got his first offer from Mark Rick in Georgia before his freshman year started. Yeah, I, I really believe it. He was, like, one of those, like, 8th, it's kind of, remember Sonny Michelle? Like, he was, his 8th grade highlight mixtape was, like, insane. So he started getting all these colleges paying attention to him as an 8th grader. Well, Owen Popo was kind of like that version as a linebacker here in Georgia. Like, he's been, like, people have been talking about him for, I mean, like, five years. Like, literally five years. And finally, here he is, a senior. And honestly, all along, he had never really showed much interest in Georgia. Or at least it didn't seem that way. And I kind of, especially when Mark Rick was here, I'll just say that. I mean, I love Mark, but. Until until you saw our change in our inside linebacker scheme. Right. Though. Like, when, when when Rick was here, when that staff was here, I don't think we would, we ever, we were never in it. And he didn't really consider us strongly at all. When the new until staff came in, took, changes. Took off, really. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and he's six foot two eleven right now. He's the number seven player overall nationally, and the number one uh, linebacking prospect in the country. 
Number seven nationally, according to 247 Composite, is is that accurate? Or is that kind of an inflated rating just just because he's been around so long? Yeah, I think it's because he's been around so long, his name recognition. I mean, I think he's a top 25 player. I I just don't see top 10. He's an elite athlete. There's no doubt. I times this this junior year. I mean... He's good, but I don't know. I just don't think top There are times. It it reminds me a lot of another Grayson prospect, uh, uh, Robert Kimdichie, right? You and I used to watch – we go to the Dome and watch him in the the Corgan Kelkakoff Classic and we go and watch him in the playoffs. Uh, This is a guy, Kimdichie, every time you watched him play, you could just see the the physical talent and athleticism just oozing out of him. But he disappeared at times. There were times you're like – when we used to watch Robert Kimdichie, he's like, uh, is is Kimdichie even out there? You know what I'm saying? Remember that? Yeah. He just wouldn't. He he just didn't. A guy that's that talented, you would think, would take over and dominate every single game. And Kimdichie didn't do that. There were plays where he would, but he didn't do it consistently. And I, and Popo reminds me of that. He's a guy that should, based on his skill set and his athleticism and what he brings to the table as just a pure athlete, should dominate every single game he's in. But he doesn't. Which does that concern you at all? Um, it does a little bit because. I don't know. When you compare him to other players, like you see a J.D. Bertrand who doesn't take snaps off. Sure, he has that motor. And Popo, like Popo has a motor. It's just not consistent. It's not consistently turned on, you know? So I, I just, that, that, if there's anything that concerns me about Popo, is, it, it's that. I just, he doesn't flat out die. He doesn't show up in every game. And part of that's because, you know, they, they for a couple of years there, were a football factory. They were bringing guys in from around the country, but were transferring in there left and right. You get guys like D'Angelo. Uh, D'Angelo Gibbs and Jemias Williams, all these guys coming in from all these different schools in the state, and he kind of got lost in the shuffle. I don't want to say he got well, it's, I mean, that's probably too strong. He didn't get lost in the shuffle, but some of those guys kind of they, they showed him up sometimes in some games, and you notice all these guys, but then you're like, oh yeah, there's there's Popo, you know, I saw him make a play, but he just wasn't consistent with it. Um, he, but yeah, he's still a, a, an insanely good athlete. I, I would call him supremely athletic. Insane speed, a little undersized, no doubt right now, uh, and that's okay. I mean, he plays the will position. Like I said, Roquan Smith was a little undersized coming out of high school, and we all saw how that played out. Uh, one other thing I'll say about uh, Popo here is that you know, early in his career, he didn't always play the run that well. That's why I mean, I was high on him, but you know, I was like, well, you know, he's a great athlete, but is he really good? Is, that, is he that good of a linebacker? Uh, he just didn't play the run that well, and didn't always didn't always stand out on that stacked roster, like I said. But I really think that changed last year. Would you agree with me there? I think last year was definitely. I mean, clearly he's a junior, but do you think? Yeah, that, I, yeah, I think he he he, he took a big you know, step forward last year. Yes, but yeah, like you said, stopping the run is where you really saw him start to start to you know take steps forward and get yeah, better. And not that. just relying on sheer athleticism, which I think he did his first couple of years. And he was a young guy, still trying to play the game the right way. I mean, it's, there's nothing wrong with that. Especially, you gotta learn, especially when you're young and you're so talented, you don't always you know, you know, focus on your fundamentals and yeah, stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And then and that comes with time. And I, I, so I was really pleased to see him kind of turn it on this past year. I think he really improved at just doing what things that linebackers do, like using his hands to stack and shed blockers. Uh, he's, so he's become a guy that's really plays the run well. And he even show, he's shown the ability to set the edge at times. Now that's not always really going to be asked to do much in college, but he's shown the ability to do that at least at the high school level. So I don't think he's made strides in becoming a better uh, technical player at the linebacker position, not just relying on athleticism. As he continues to develop those skills, the guy's going to be a monster. I mean, if you combine the athleticism with with a developing skill set, uh, the guy's he's he's going to be a stud. There's no doubt. I, I'm with you though. I don't. I think he's a little. His ranking's a little inflated just based on the fact that people know his name. He's been around for so long. I, I'd see him as a top 30, 25, 30 prospect, which is still in. That's really good. Obviously, um, I'm going to mention before you go on to your next guy. I got one more guy here. So now that we're talking about linebackers, Tresman Marshall, out of yeah. Clinch County. 
remember that name, guys. I mean, oh, he's been in the he's been on the radar for so long. Tresman Marshall, uh, that dude is legit. He's out of Clinch County, 6'1", 236, so bigger right now than Ohapo by a, a fair margin. He's not rated as highly. He's number 81 nationally overall. Uh, so a top 100 prospect, which is nothing to sneeze at. Really good prospect. Number seven linebacker in the country. I'm, I'm just going to be honest here. I know this uh, might sound blasphemous for some of you that have been watching Popo for a while. I think Tresman Marshall right now is a better linebacker. Am I off base there, Kurt? Oh, probably not because he's got the full, you know. Yeah, I, I, I think Popo's ceiling is higher. I do. I just I, I I think Tresman Marshall his ceiling's not as high, but he has less distance to go to get to his ceiling right now than Owen Popo has to go to get to his. So I mean, and it kind of you know depends on how you look at. It. You don't want the guy with the higher ceiling, you want the guy that's gonna be more game ready right now. I think Tresman Marshall is a freaking monster. He he's not quite he's not as fast as Popo. I'll flat out tell you he's not he's not as fast as Popo. But it's not like he's he's a scrub and his speed's got really good speed. But although he's not quite as fast as Popo. I think he's just as quick. Quickness is his game. Uh, he, he plays quarterback for his high school team most of the, a lot of the time. Uh, and when he tucks it and runs, the guy's a beast. Like, I mean, talk about just making, like, embarrassing people. Making people miss, running over people. I don't, I don't honestly don't know because Clinch County is a lower classification. I don't know how anyone tackles him. I really don't. I don't know how anyone tackles the guy. But he's not going to play running back for us or anything like that. So that, that, that's neither here nor there. But it just kind of shows you his athleticism. But I'll say this, he's much bigger than Popo at this stage without sacrificing much of the speed and athleticism that Popo brings to the Not as fast as Popo, but he's a, he's just as athletic in his own right. Uh, here's one thing that we're talking about with Popo. The motor is not always turned on. With Marshall, it is. That, that motor is revved up 100 miles an hour at all times. And he is a true middle linebacker. Uh, whereas Popo right now is definitely more of a will type guy. So different body types, different... Uh, I would see Marshall more as like the Natres Patrick type guy, right? Yeah. With Popo Moore as the Ro- Roquan Smith mold. So different – that means they both play inside linebacker, but different different positions there and different body types. But I, I really am high on both those guys. I think you definitely want to make sure you remember both those names. All right, who else you got on your list? Um, last, I'm going with a defensive back, and I, I'm really happy. I know where you're going. Is it, is, it a, is it a certain defensive back from Archer High School? Yeah. Yep. All right. Tell us I who mean, that is, he, sir. He, to me, the thing that jumps off the page is he's just very versatile. I mean, he can do he can do it on both sides of the ball. He's a really good receiver. And who is this guy? Uh, what? And what is his name for everyone out there? Uh, Andrew Booth. Andrew Booth. Thank you. Defensive back, Archer High School, 6'1", 180 right now. This is what he's listed. He's listed as a top 50 prospect coming at, nine, at number 45 overall, according to 247 Composite. So proceed, my friend. What did you see in his game? Um, to me, he's just got great ball skills. Not only that, but um, you know, to me, he's probably more of a safety when it comes to the next level. And um, to me, he, he can just do it all back there. He's not afraid to hit the people. He's also got great ball skills going up and getting the ball because you see him do it on uh, the offensive side of the ball and also in the return game. Yeah, this guy bring the wood, man. As a DB, he is not afraid to hit. He will lay into you. I think he reminds me of when I, when I watch him just run. And tell me, I might be crazy here. I know this guy played receiver for us more than anything, but there were there was a little bit of a time when he was in the defensive backfield. He reminds me a lot of Malcolm Mitchell. He reminds me a lot of Malcolm Mitchell and how he runs and his athleticism. Am I completely off base there? No, because like yeah, his, he, his, let's be honest. I honestly think he he's the type of guy that can play both sides of the ball. He's got he's he got that great versatility. Yeah, he could. I just like when I watched. I'm mean, honestly, it really it struck me first when I was when I watched it, and I've been watching. It, you live. Basically down the street from Archer High School, so you were able to watch this guy a lot, uh, and so I, and, I've, and I've watched him with you a couple times. 
Um, you've seen him more than I have. But what I've seen of this guy, when I the, when I first saw him, when I saw him run, I was like, dude, is that Malcolm Mitchell out there? Just the way he runs, like his running stride, the way he picks up and puts down his feet, it looks like Malcolm Mitchell to me. Uh, he's got similar athleticism. Uh, not maybe not, not the receiving skills that that Malcolm had, but as a DB, I, I definitely and Malcolm played a lot of DB in high school too, down in Valdosta. Uh, remember, remember there was a while there that we thought that you know, there was some the idea that he might that Malcolm Mitchell might have a higher ceiling at DB, but I, I think Booth is definitely a DB for us. You see him more as a safety in the corner right now. In my opinion, yes. Yeah, I think I, I think he could play either one, right? To me, I mean, yeah, he's uh, to me, he's not as big as Richard LeCount, but it's the type of person he would be. Yeah, he, yeah, I could see that, but I think he probably does fit more as a safety. I, I think I do agree with you there. But bottom line is, he has the versatility to play both, and that's what Kirby and company are looking for. I mean, think about these guys we've been targeting, whether it's uh, Tyson Campbell, uh, whether it's Nadab Joseph, whether it's Andrew Booth, any of these guys. We want guys in the defensive backfield that can that can play safety or corner in a pinch. Yeah, and that's definitely what he can do. Absolutely. He, he definitely brings that to the table, and I'm really high on this guy. In fact, I have him as my number one DB in our board. Do you? Uh, yeah, I think he is a lot more polished and ready to go compared to Jalen Perry. I, I agree, and he plays in the highest classification. He plays the Archer, plays 7A, and, that, and Coach Dyer down there has got a heck of a program. That's a great co- Coach Dyer's a great coach, got a great staff down there, so he's getting coached up really well. I think that's one of the reasons why he's more polished than some of these other guys. I love him, man. I think this guy's a beast. I I would love to get him on our commit list. All right, anyone else, or is that it for you? Oh, um, that's it. I tried to get to about one one of position. Yeah, yeah, I, I hear you. I mean, you've hit on everyone that I had, uh, pretty much. Uh, one guy that I uh, that I have here that you didn't quite mention, and I don't really think we're in it that much for him. He's a, he's at a uh, Frederica High School, I believe is how you say it, on St. Simon's. That's Jay Sean Sheffield. Uh, and he's 6'1", oh, yeah. 178. He's more of an athlete right now. He's number he's just inside the top 100 for the 247 composite, coming in at number 98. For a long time, people were thinking he was more of a receiver You know, a couple years back, but now there's a lot more talk about him potentially playing DB. I, I don't know. I think he could play either one. He truly is an athlete. I, it might depend on where he wants to play and how you evaluate him. I, maybe he's more of a DB, maybe. Uh, and as, if, we were, if we were recruiting, that's probably how, where we're recruiting Matt right now. I don't know how much interest he has in us at this point. Uh, I know Ohio State was mentioned heavily. He's kind of gone back and forth. I mean, there's been a bunch of schools in it for him. To me, uh, him, I see Ohio State and Florida State. Yeah, those are the two you see really mentioned prominently with him. Uh, so I, I don't know how much we're in it for him, and I don't know how much we really are after Isn't that him. Richard LeCount's cousin? That I do not know. I haven't heard that. I'm not saying it's not true. I haven't heard that, but maybe. There's one. There's a recruiting. He played in True 19 that was related to Rich. But Richard LeCount's cousin. Let me look this up real quick. Here's some good radio for you guys. Let me type this up. Richard LeCount's cousin. Uh, let's see, my friend. Let's see if you're right. Uh, yes, you are correct. Dude, kudos to you, man. Props. You definitely nailed that. Yeah, Jason Sheffield. Richard LeCount's cousin. Did not know that. Learned something today. So, I, I mean, I'd put him on this list as a name to think about. Because think about this time last year, Quay Walker, did we think he was going to be in red and black? There's, I mean, that's half this class. We yeah. don't even knew most of these kids. Cade Mays? I didn't know who Cade Mays was. I had no idea. Dad, Tyson Campbell, I never heard of his name. Dad, I mean, I hadn't heard any half these guys' names. So, just because it's not looking good for us right now doesn't mean that Kirby's not going to work his magic. I think, because honestly, if Kirby wants a term to heat and he sizes a guy that we want to go after, I like Kirby's chances. That's just, I mean, at this point, the guy's giving me no reason to doubt him. So we'll see how it kind of plays out. Uh, and he's just been mentioned with a bunch of different programs throughout the, the past couple months here. But uh, definitely a name to be looking out for. So 
there you have it, guys. Definitely appreciate you checking in with us today. Want to make sure we get some football talk here on our Football Friday. Uh, make sure to check back with us next week. We'll have a little basketball conversation. Hope we get another win over the weekend. And definitely we'll be back with a Football Friday next week as well. So for Curtis, I'm Tyler. Thank you for listening. And as always, go Dolphins.